Hello, greetings, salutations, welcome to this grand day out. It is a beautiful Friday afternoon. I'm at my local light cineplex and I've just come out of seeing uh, the new Jordan Peele film, Nope. Did I enjoy it? Um, considering I haven't really seen any of the other Jordan Peele films, I kind of know a little bit about him and kind of what he's about. Um, it was frustrating. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it's a very good film. Kind of made it. It's very frustrating in that. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of symbolism and it. Kind of really bogs it down, to be honest. So it's kind of opening up, signposting at the start of the film. Go on, did you know that the first ever moving picture kind of thing was a guy a uh, black guy on a horse I was like okay that's obviously being signposted for a thing and then it's kind of well oh um, here's a horse wrangler there's a family of black horse wranglers used on Hollywood films like right yeah like, okay well that's obviously going to play into it and then there's this kind of subplot about this uh sitcom where kind of they've had this terrible accident on set and uh, like this monkey that they have on this sitcom called Gordy then freaks out and kills everybody and it's like okay that doesn't really go anywhere but then it's all kind of based around this uh, this horse wrangling family trying to get the perfect shot of this alien to try and sell and it's like oh oh okay <laughs> because reasons it's it's frustrating um i did enjoy it like i say it's very well put together it's very well constructed um looks good very very cinematic i really like kind of shots and the way it's composed but overall it's it's very frustrating <laughs> That's the only really way I can describe it. There's not really a lot else I can really say without spoiling it, to be honest. Um, yeah, just really frustrating. Not exactly what I thought it was going to be. They kind of tie into it about, oh, it's all about being a voyeur and looking and through the camera and how it's all technology and it's all through the camera. And it's like, oh, is that the point you're making though? It's annoying. Um, Jordan Peele is one of these kind of new auteurs and kind of get what he's going for, but ultimately it kind of falls a little bit flat towards the end. It's a very interesting film, I think. That is going to be discussed a lot in the future, but ultimately for me, yeah, I did enjoy it. Would I watch it again? No, probably not. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya as the lead. He's a little bit flat in places, but towards the film, the end of the film, he becomes very likeable. Kiki Williams, MVP of the film, 100% for sure. She's very good playing the sister of Daniel Kaluuya's character. Um, even Keith David, he he gets a little bit part. Um, not his usual fare, but overall, it's just really frustrating. I kind of felt time really... Uh, 
I mean, the pacing isn't bad. There's kind of long, meandering bits in the middle. Like I say, there's a subplot that doesn't really go anywhere. And it's just kind of like... <sighs> very frustrating. And I'm hoping the next film is going to be a lot better. I'm going to get a bite to eat and I'll uh, see you all in a bit. Okay. I've just come out of a screening. Same day of Clerks 3, Kevin Smith's new venture, or joint, should I say. How did I find it? Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I have a bias towards Kevin Smith anyway, because I always generally like his stuff. This one... It feels like he's working out uh, a lot of his issues towards his own kind of mortality this is like a man in his 40s 50s kind of coming to terms with with life as it as it rightly should be because the main thrux of the film is uh randall basically having a heart attack which kevin smith himself obviously a couple of years back now uh went through and survived with a widow maker um and basically documenting randall making a film of his life what would become i guess uh clerks <laughs> but it's called Inconvenience in the film universe. Yeah, so, I mean, I liked it. It was quite nice kind of seeing the old familiar faces again coming back and a couple of bonus cameos here and there as well. Uh, I think if you're a Kevin Smith enthusiast like myself, um, I think you are going to enjoy it. You're going to... Sh- struggle a little bit because a lot of the stories and things that are in the film he's previously talked about on podcasts and such like but um yeah there's a lot to like there like I say um as good as I mean I like Jane Sonnenbond reboot it, it was literally the same film again though but this one kind of feels a little bit different um yeah i mean i did like it i do feel like as with a lot of uh kevin smith stuff it is lacking a certain something it seems to be since he uh kind of had like a big breakdown or whatever and started like smoking weed and stuff i don't know like how true that is, but there's been a certain uh, drop in, whether it be writing or kind of an attitude of going, eh, fuck it, that'll do, which admittedly he's always kind of had, but it feels like it's kind of feels like the hunt has gone, it's not kind of, I mean, you can see there is a lot of love put onto the screen, but it feels like Whether he's going through the motions or whatever, I don't know. Whether his mind's on other things and what have you. Because he's got so many ventures like the podcasts. And I dare say he will be touring this film non-stop. With Q&As and live podcasts and whatever as well. But yeah, I mean, there is. it's not to say it's a bad film. I think it's a very self-indulgent film. I think a lot of Kevin Smith fans are probably really going to enjoy it. It's like I say, it was like... 
when certain characters cropped up. I was like, oh, it's this character. Oh, it's that character. It's quite nice to see them again, how they're doing now in the Viewersk universe, and obviously kind of throwbacks to the original Clerks and the other films in the Viewersk universe, you know. But I think if you're kind of a casual fan or kind of interested in jumping in, I you're going to struggle with this one. <laughs> Looks like, I mean, if you're casually interested in it and you've seen the other two films, it's, it's certainly killing an hour and a half. But if you're like a serious cinephile who wants to know what all the rant and the rave is about, nah, nah, probably not. Um, I still think possibly one day I will go back and revisit uh, Red State for the podcast because I believe that is his best film partly because it's kind of horror-tinged, but, um, yeah, there's still stuff to like here, so give it a shout if you want to give it a go. Just be wary, it may not necessarily be for you. Again, I've got a 40-minute break now, I think it is, before we go into the IMAX for film number three. God, I hope I can stay awake. I'll see you in a bit. And now I am back. In the humble A4S HQ, also known as the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of you were probably thinking, hmm, I wonder what film he saw in the IMAX. I wonder if he finally got around to seeing the dinosaurs, you know, doing dinosaur type things. Um, No, I didn't. So I went to go see a documentary and you're like documentary what Dave watches documentaries I do especially when they're music documentaries so this is the I think it was called Moonage uh, Dream Bowie it's the new David Bowie documentary film Um, and yeah they had a one-off screening at my local light cinema uh, in the IMAX and my word it was off that's about as close as I'm ever going to get to seeing him. <laughs> Especially now that he's no longer with us. God rest his soul. But um, yeah, my word. It was an absolute um, blast to the senses visually and hourly. Not orally, hourly. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's wow. It was absolutely mind-bending. So rather than having kind of a linear documentary, it's more like a thematic piece, kind of going through the different ages of Bowie and kind of they take interviews and stuff and splice it in with footage of him kind of walking around different places and splice that in with a live, uh, live footage of him kind of performing throughout the ages and stuff. It was really really interesting kind of getting his philosophies on life and his approach to songwriting and things like that i could have done without the more pretentious wanky arty moments because they kind of took me out of it a little bit i i appreciate what they were going for in like a mood moody thematic piece you know not like the standard talking heads documentary I, I completely understand that and to be fair this is probably the way that you know Bowie himself would have made a documentary about his life to be fair <laughs> but yeah it was amazing seeing all this footage kind of blown up and 
now presented in a high definition of him kind of performing on the stage in his Ziggy Stardust persona to his late career in the 80s and, you know, some of the 90s stuff. Um, seeing bits of, seeing his artwork that he talked about painting and, you know, performing on stage and stuff. It was really, really eye-opening. I'm not really that big on David Bowie, I mean, I like the, obviously I like the singles and stuff, and I didn't really know a lot about him, but kind of watching that, you kind of got a sense, like I said, you feel like you know him a bit more, because like I say, you kind of go into his philosophies, and you kind of, how he approaches things, and, and such like that, it was really interesting, um, my only complaint, <laughs> along with the, pretent the pretentious wanky arty moments, was that my IMAX, Good Lord, they have that loud. <laughs> my my ears were ringing when I came out. as a sign of how loud it was. And it was because it was so loud, kind of a lot of the the music and the textures were kind of lost in kind of a... And obviously the kind of layering sound effects and stuff over the top of this live performance footage. It kind of really, really took me out of the moment. That's not the film's fault. At least I hope it's not. Because I have seen other films out that IMAX and I had the same experience there. But for whatever reason, light cinema, of that particular branch, you need to sort out your IMAX sound because fuck me, it's loud. <laughs> now I like loud music and stuff, but not to the point where it kind of blends all in and it's like part of the loudness wars and stuff. It's just kind of... <sighs> it just all blends into one and it's all distorted and it doesn't sound right. But yeah, I mean, if you can get out... To see uh, Bowie Moonage Dream at the cinema, I highly recommend you doing so. Whether it's in IMAX or not, I don't know. Um, it might just be a one-off screening. Don't know. I really hope it's not because a lot of a lot more people need to go out there and see this because it's probably the only best way now that you're going to get to experience kind of Bowie fever, so to speak. Oh. Yeah, that reminds me. The other thing, before I sign off very quickly, um, the other thing I found with a lot of the footage they were using in this was the back of Bowie's head walking. He did a lot of walking, which is fine. But let me see the beautiful man. Let me see his beautiful face. I don't want to see the back of his head. As lovely as his back of the head is, you know, I want to see the man. There's just lots of shots of him walking about. But it's behind him. And I thought, okay, it's an interesting shot, kind of where you want to put, um, kind of frame it, where he is and whatever, but let me see the man, let me see his beautiful eyes. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, highly recommend.